We'll start with the set-aside prayer. God, please set aside everything I think I know about you, God, the steps, recovery, the big book, what's best for me. Especially help me let go of all my old ideas so I can live on your spiritual truth. Heavenly Father, have mercy on me, a sinner. Help me to carry your message this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we have finished step three, and we're about to start step four. Uh, for those on the podcast, forgive me, but we have some new people here. I haven't been to the meeting before, so I'm going to do a little review on how, where we, how we got here. Open your books to page uh, 63. Um, when we're about to start the fourth step, uh, which a lot of people misunderstand, we go through the instructions in the big book, and it's very simple, but without doing it, I don't know how I would have whatever I have today. I might be sober. I've seen people stay sober and not work the steps out of the book, and that's great. Uh, I know for me, I could not do, I have any peace of mind, probably not stay sober and clean without doing this. The reason uh, I teach the book is because it's the treasure map to God. It's not a it's not a treasure in itself, but it's the only map that I know of to a relationship with God that works in my life. And um, through the years, I've, I've seen a lot more. Uh, when we get to step three, which is pages 60 to 63, we've, I've made a decision that I can't go on and live the way I was. Anybody? remember that and I have to make that decision today but in the in the in the book on page 60 to 63 they tell me that I am a selfish person and I'm gonna die in my self-centeredness that I have a spiritual illness and that my troubles are of my own making and I made decisions out of myself that caused me harm and so the how and why of all this and I can't get rid of my selfishness by wanting to or trying to or trying to be better. And there's no therapy that I know of uh, in terms of therapy that will treat my self-centeredness. The treatment of self-centeredness is to destroy it. And it's destroyed by the work of the steps all the time. When we get to step 10 and 11, we see the instructions for how we deal with our self-centeredness every day so that we can live in peace, and we um, can be of service to God and others. And it says the how and why of it on the page, bottom of page 62 is that I had to quit playing God. It just doesn't work. So this is the beginning of the process in which I'm going to fire myself all the time. Because my problems are my only making. I heard a speaker say something very profound. His whole problem was SHIT, simply how I think. And at step four, which we're going to begin today, if I ever stop babbling, uh, we're going to see it's our thinking that was killing me. It's not alcohol. It's my thinking, and my thinking was wrong. I had wrong judgments, which are resentments. I had wrong beliefs, which is fear. And I had a lot of shame and guilt from wrong actions. And until I can see my thinking that it's wrong, I'm not going to want to change it. And it says, I had to stop playing God. It didn't work because I'm not God. And it just says, I decided that hereafter in this drama of life, which is in my head, that's where all my drama is, God's going to be my director. 
pretty simple. And I have to remember that I work for God. And then on the top of 63 is the third step contract, which I won't go in today. But if you're interested, I can tell you about it after the meeting, or you can listen to the, one of the last two podcasts. And then we get to the, uh, and, and if we start to make this decision, it says we begin to lose fear. We begin to face life successfully. And it was a great relief to me when I gave up that moment of complete defeat. I was defeated. I didn't voluntarily surrender. I was surrendered. I was defeated. My life, it was just, it was the end. And I don't want to forget how bad it was. And I just gave up and said, God, help me. And then God put people in my life, and I'm here today. And it's years later. And when I made that decision that I, wasn't, I needed God's help, I started to feel better, even though my life was a mess. And I don't know if any of you can relate to that. But when I make a decision that God's going to be my director, I feel better. And it says we began, we discovered we could face life successfully as we became conscious of his presence, awareness of God's presence. That's why as people, when they celebrate, how did you let God do it? How do I become aware of his presence? Now, I have to do the work to allow God to work in my life. It says I begin to lose fear. Wouldn't that be great? And I become reborn. So the process of becoming reborn, which is what we want to do in AA, is the decision I can't play God anymore. can't manage my life. It's never going to work. Does everybody agree with that? Now, a lot of people agree with that. And then they decide, well, they don't really need AA or to work the steps. They're not that bad. And they start managing their lives. And before you know it, you don't see them. Or they come here and they're completely defeated. Oh, I love this meeting. You're the best. Oh, all that other crap. And then I say, well, come Wednesday night. Oh, no, I can't come. I have to watch Big Bang. Uh, or they're completely defeated and they come here and they want to help and we start working together and I give them assignments and they don't want to do them and then they stop. say I can't I don't can't come three times a week that's too much I'll come twice a week and then they say oh Saturday nights I got to go out with the wife and blah 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 and before you know it and that's the ego rebuilding the ego is telling me it's not that bad and the ego is very subtle alcohol is a subtle foe the ego tells me I'm not that bad I've got this. And once you get that, you start separating and you get back to into self. And before you know it, you're in the liquor store. And so I have to watch for that today. Today I seek God who has the power, gives me the power of choice. I don't have any power not to drink today. I'm an alcoholic. So why do you say that? I'm 20 some years sober. Well, because I don't have the power. I'm an alcoholic, but I can get the power of choice from God. And I have to stay close to God to get the power of choice. Does that make sense to anybody? So this book is how you get close to God and how you stay close to God. So you have his power. Now in the beginning, we're at step four. We don't have any power. We've made a decision. We don't want to live like we live. Okay, how do you change? Well, you don't know. They're going to tell you. So you say the prayer. I won't read the prayer. You've all heard it, and I hope a lot of you say it. And it says, once you said the prayer, you've made this decision. Because they don't waste any time. It, what does it say? Next. So right away, you've done the third step prayer on your knees. Next. Now, how long is between the prayer and next? Mm -hmm. Well, some people make it a long time. 
I've heard some people wait a long time to do the fourth step out of the book, and then when they finally do it, it takes them an hour. For two hours, and it takes them eight months to decide to do it. But why do we need to do it? It says, and this is an introduction to step four today. It says, we launched on a course of vigorous action. Now, launching in AA is not, I'm going to put my toe in the water and see what the temperature is. This is diving right in. Why? Why do they say that? Because if I've made a decision, but I don't have a relationship with God, I'm sober without power not to drink. How long do I want to stay like that? In the beginning, they did this right away in a week. They didn't do it perfectly, but they did it. They tried to get a connection to God as soon as possible, at least become a true God seeker, because without that, you have no power against the first drink. So next, we're going to launch on a course of vigorous action. Notice the words here. You're not just going to think about it. It's vigorous action. The first step, the first step in the action to get a relationship with God is step four. And the first step of which is a personal house cleaning. So do they want you to go home and clean your house? What are they talking about? It's ridiculous. My house is not going to make me better cleaning it. You're cleaning your personality. You're cleaning your mind. You're going to clean your mind of all the crap that's in there when you come in. Did anybody besides me have crap in your head? Crap. Resentments with any people you thought need to be executed? You know, that caused you to come here? I'm being silly, but my resentments are pretty serious. Any fear, I was full of fear, full of fear. And, and I can't have a relationship with God if my mind is full of anger, resentment, and fear. And then I had a lot of shame and guilt. Anybody else have shame and guilt? Because I made a lot of bad decisions. Not only did I hurt myself, I hurt the people I loved. So how do we get over that? Well, we have to clean all that out. So the step four instructions from page 63 to 71 are how you clean your mind of resentment and learn how to be free of anger, how you clear your mind of fear and learn how to be free of fear, and how you learn in relationships not to take the actions you took and how to be free of shame and guilt, and then you get free of shame and guilt when you make your amends in eight and nine. And Joe and Charlie make the point that our house our mind is like a uh, quick shop. Anybody ever go in the quick shop? The quick shop, they have all that stuff on the floor, you know, the beef jerky and all the good stuff, the candy and all that crap. That's resentment. And along the walls, they have the refrigerator and all the drinks. That's fear. And then they always have that little room in the back, and that's our shame and guilt. And that's, that's our mind when we come in, and God can't work in that store. You can't have power because I'm blocked from God. So we want to clean out that store enough to start letting God in. And then the rest of our lives, we're cleaning it. And we're keeping it open so that there's, God can be a channel of our peace. I gave them the St. Francis prayer. We want to be a channel of God's peace. We want him to work through us. And if we do that, then our lives are different. And we're going to react differently. And it says, many of us had never attempted this. I didn't attempt it because I didn't know there was anything wrong with my thinking. Anybody else like that? 
I thought I was right. But when, when I came in, somebody said, and it's been true, and I've told other people, and it's pissed them off, that everything they think they know when they come in here is wrong. It was all wrong. In fact, the first page of the big book is blank. And I've covered it up with crap, but put numbers in there, but it comes blank. And the reason somebody said it's blank is they want you to f try to let go of everything you think you know when you start this journey. And then this is the beginning of that. And it says, though our decision in step three, a decision that I'm not going to play God anymore, that God's going to be my director, was vital. Vital means from vitae, necessary for life. Does that sound important? So the th decision is necessary for life, and it's crucial. But it can have little permanent effect. That decision won't have any permanent effect unless at once. So between next and at once, you have to do this, followed by a strenuous effort to face, to see, to see the truth and be rid of the things in me that are blocking me from God, which is the things in my head, my thinking my resentments, my fears, my shame and guilt, my actions, my character defects, my self-centeredness. So the decision in step three, and you can make the decision step three, and I, I heard a long time, I don't, I, don't, I don't know, people still say it, well, I turned it over and took it back. Have you ever heard that? Well, I, I don't know what that means. You make a decision in step four, and then you do this process, and in step 10 and 11, you see when you're starting to get back at the self and you have instructions to not do that. And then at night you look back and see how you did and you ask God's forgiveness and what corrective measures. So the decision in step three is vital and crucial, but I have to face and be rid of the things that are blocking me from who? From God's power. Now remember, if the only power that will relieve me of my alcoholism is God and I've blocked his power, I'm in I'm in trouble. And it says liquor was but a symptom. Well, I, I thought alcohol and drugs was a big problem for me. But it was just a symptom of what? The spiritual illness. It's a symptom of my self-centeredness, my spiritual malady, that I'm living separated from God. And when I'm living separated from God, and I gave some cards out, and somebody made these years ago from the Joe and Charlie, that when I live separated from God, I have my self-will character. And my self-will character is not good. It's all my character defects: Frightened, dishonest, inconsiderate, prideful, greedy, lustful, angry, envy, sloth, gluttony, impatient, intolerant, resentful, hateful. Anybody want more of that? No. And the point they make is that when I live in self, I'm restless, irritable, I have guilt, shame, and discontent. And it says in the doctor's opinion that when I get irritable, restless, and discontent, what, is that, what do I do as an alcoholic? I seek the ease and comfort of alcohol. So if I live like this and I haven't begun to change, nothing's going to change. And we want to change the God's character that we don't get perfect. But the rest of the program from page 64 on is how, to page 80 is how I recognize when I'm on this left-hand side and I say, uh-oh, Michael, here you go again. Let's go to the right-hand side. And I didn't know that when I came in. But I know that today. 
And now we're going to start the process of seeing that. Glicker is just a symptom. It's just a symptom of the spiritual illness, of the, of the separation from God, living self-centered, directing my life. Did anybody else direct their life? And it says in the big book, and we read it on page 61, that I had this delusion that I could rest, wrestle satisfaction and happiness out of life if I just live well, manage well, excuse me. I'm looking, there's a baby in there. Uh, if I just managed well. And so I, it was a delusion. It was something I created in my mind. And the more I tried to manage my life, things would go well, but it, I could never get approval that I wanted enough I couldn't get enough out of life to feel okay. Now I can feel okay no matter what I have because I have my relationship with God today. It's different. It says, so we had to get down to the causes and conditions of what's blocking me from God and my spiritual malady. Anybody think that's a good idea? Good. It says, therefore, we start upon a personal inventory. This was step four. Now the inventory is, I'm going to inventory my personality. Do you know why? Because I want to change it. When I came in, I was very self-centered. I didn't realize it. Self will run riot, it says. And now I don't think I'm that way all the time. In fact, most of the time, I'm not self-centered, which is such a change. And you know what? Today I have peace. Now, when I, before I came in, I never really had peace. I was always a little restless. Today, I'm just at peace. And I say, wow, I'm okay, honey. She says, great. Well, it's important because I'm okay. I'm just okay. I am okay in the moment. And just being okay is good because I'm not full of self-centered. And thinking about what I want or need, or I didn't get, they're not doing what I want, all that crap. It says, a business which takes no regular inventory goes broke. You agree with that? So let's, oh, it's Christmas time coming up. So uh, Target, Walmart, they're all getting ready, right? Trucks are driving all over the country. So Target's saying, okay, I want to look at all the stuff that didn't sell last Christmas. Let's ship that everywhere. They're not going to make it. Why do you think when you check out, they have the cash register, they register what you, what you bought so they'll buy more of it? Do you, don't you think that's a good idea if you're running a business? But no, we kept buying more of the stuff that was no good. And in fact, we held on to it and it accumulates in our brain. So taking a commercial, and I was broke when I came in. I was broken. Taking commercial inventory is a fact-finding, so we want to find the facts and face the facts. Now, the key thing is I can't find the facts and face the facts by myself. I need help with someone. I need God, and I need another human being. You can't do this by yourself. It won't work. It's an effort to discover the truth about the stock and trade. And what I was saying about I was wrong in my thinking, I have to see the truth about my thinking. So when I get angry today or disturbed and impatient, I have to see that that's not 
that's not the person God created. I don't have to be that way. I could be loving and tolerant and patient. And I have to stop and say, okay, Michael, you're wrong. You're seeing it wrong. I need to see it differently. There's a famous man who wrote a, 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 did a series of talks and they made a book, A New Pair of Glasses. And he said that what he has to do all the time is he has a pair of glasses that are self-centered. He's seeing the world. And when he sees it and he's starting to get disturbed, he has to take them off and put on the God-centered glasses and see it differently. Now, I didn't realize that I had the wrong pair of glasses when I came in, but now I do. And all day long, I have to change my glasses. It's not that complicated. It doesn't take long. I used to tell the nurses, well, I don't want to get disturbed. I had my th card on the, my desk at work. And I'd say, no, I, I'm only gonna, I don't, I don't want to get disturbed for more than a minute. And today. Or, and I'd have a pole that I'd hold in the hallway, a post, because things would get really hectic. And I'd hold the post, so I'd get centered with God. And when I had a bad day, they go, Doctor, you've got your list covered up. <laughs> well, it's true. And they had their cards. They all had cards. And, and it's the way we, it worked. We could see. We, you know, when, we're, when we're disturbed, it's, I'm not seeing it right. So the object of this commercial inventory is to disclose damage or saleable goods. Now, it's going to say on the next page or two that resentments are futile. They lead to a life of futility and unhappiness. And when we're harboring these resentments, harboring, put them in a safe place, then they kill us. They block us from God. And so we want to find, we want to disclose the damage and saleable goods. Why? I'm going to learn how to get rid of them promptly and without regret. And this, look at the words they're using, fact-finding, fact-facing, truth about the stock and trade, trade, to disclose the damage on saleable goods, to get rid of them promptly and without regret. So they want you to do this next and at once, so you're going to see this stuff, so you can remove it promptly and without regret. Why? Because then why hold on to stuff that's no good? Why hold on to things that are making me broke, that are killing me? And we do it. Alcoholics do it. People don't want to get rid of some of their resentments. They don't want to do the inventory. They don't want to uh, be free of fear. They don't want to make amends to some people because they can't see how they hurt them. And they're, and they're holding on to their anger and then they have fear of people and they're disturbed and then they, I don't know if they necessarily drink again, but they don't have peace of mind. If the owner of the business is to be successful, he cannot fool himself about values. And I wrote in here, can't hold on to the stuff that won't sell. And I realized my anger doesn't sell well. And it doesn't have to be rage. It can be disturbed, impatient, intolerant. She's not doing what I'd like. He's not doing what I want. You go to the food store, you know, they have too many items. They don't realize you're you're so important, they should just move aside for you. Have you ever done that? You know, the lady has the gift card and it's $50 and she only wants to use $20 of it, you know, and then she has 30 coupons and I've just got one thing. And you know what I've learned now? She's there at that moment to teach me how to be loving and patient and kind. If I'd left five minutes earlier, I would have missed her. You get it?
But God, I'm always, God's always, and it says God disciplines us in this way so we stay close to him. And it says we did exactly the same thing with my life. That's what all I'm going to do. Now, I'm not going to tell my life story. People don't want to hear it. Charlie says he wrote 100 pages, and he made some poor soul read it. It had nothing to do with his alcoholism. And, you know, uh, so we're, we're going to do a specific thing when we look at ourselves, and we're going to take stock honestly of the uh, stock and trade in my head, the damaged and saleable goods. That's all you're doing. And they're going to give us specific instructions, eight, seven pages. And it doesn't take long to do. It says, first, the first thing I do is going to search out the flaws in my makeup which cause my failure. There are flaws in my makeup that cause my failure. And the flaws in my makeup that cause my failure are my character defects. And in six and seven, we learn how to ask God to remove these defects all the time. But I couldn't see them until I did my four step. And my character defects are triggered for one reason only. I've planted my tree in Michael's soil and not in God's soil. And when I plant my tree in God's soil, it's full of my character defects. And my, the tree is filled with resentment, fear, and shame, and guilt. Anybody want one of those? But that's what I had, and I can have it today. So I had to learn that I have to, if my tree is planted in that soil, I, what it's going to look like, and I want to plant it in God's soil. But I couldn't see that until I did this. So the, I'm going to search out the flaws in my, my failure. Now, I'm not going to search out the flaws in their makeup. Anybody do that? I was very good at that. I can do that today. I was extremely good at seeing what was wrong with everybody else. In fact, you know, like they have a Hall of Fame of it, and I was nominated for that. And you know what? It was a real talent. But guess what? It was killing me. And I had to give it up. And I have to see that it's just, that's just, they're just who they are. And I have to see them as God sees them. And I, then I don't have to get bothered by anything. Now, being convinced that self manifest in various ways was what had defeated us. Is everybody convinced of that? Are you convinced that self defeat us? So here's all we're going to do in the fourth step. We're going to consider its common manifestations of self. And then we're going to work back and see the nature of our wrongs, which is our character defects. So what we're going to do in AA, in the fourth step, is we're going to look at the shelves. And then we're going to realize, how did the shelves get there? Why did I have them there? Why do I have resentments and fear and shame and guilt? And, and how do I want to be in relationships so I won't harm people anymore? And so the manifestations of self, there are three of them that we inventory in, in the fourth step. One, resentments, which is anger to refill anger. And the resentments don't have to be big anger. It could be my wife is always getting angry when she drives. And I always let her drive because when I drive, she gets angry at me. <laughs> so let her be angry at them. You get it? But it's okay. But you see, that's resentment. 
because there's no reason to get disturbed at all. But people say, I never get angry. I've heard that. I've heard people come up to me in AA, and I don't know what, what I want their blood because I don't know about you, but resentment was part of my life. Why? Because it made me feel better about myself. And I didn't know that until I started this, because I had low self-esteem, and I had excessive pride to protect me, and I wanted approval. And I wanted to look good. And, and if I thought people didn't approve of me or they were keeping me from looking good, I got angry at them, even if they never said anything to me. Isn't that amazing? So we're going to inventory resentment, we're going to inventory fear, and we're going to look at relationships, and that's it. And the instructions for resentment are very simple, and I'm going to start on those on um, uh, Wednesday night, 7.30. And then I have a handout for those who have the site on resentment inventory, and I have talks on this. You just go down full archive and you you'll see where I've covered the fourth step before. There are tags, and at the bottom of that uh, episode page, it's tags, it's, it's in yellow, and you can click fourth step. It's very complicated. And it'll give you a whole bunch of talks I've done on. So thank you, I hope this was helpful. Congratulations, we had several really good birthdays today. <laughs>